0: This is the Purpose Church podcast where we exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. All right, all right. Who's in love with Jesus? Say yes. yes. Look at your neighbor and say, You look good today. Now turn to your second choice and say, You too. <laughs> Good to see you guys this morning. Man, how have you loved this weather this week, right? I mean, all the humidity has been gone, but it comes back tomorrow. That's what the weatherman said, so curse him. Anyway, so let's move on. I'm so excited about today's topic. We are in week two of a series we started last week called Holy Noticing. Everybody say Holy Noticing. Kind of a weird title for a sermon series, but I think it's going to make a lot more sense even today. If you missed last week, would you please, please, please go back and watch it or listen to it? It is foundational uh, for the buildup for this series. It's gonna help a lot of things make sense, but I'm gonna do my best today uh, to make it make sense even without having listened to last week. We talked about last Sunday that the church, the capital C Church, is very, very good at inspiration and celebration. We're really good at the clapping and the yelling and the dancing and and the church I grew up in, tambourines and flags and people screaming. You know, we're really good at all of that. And it doesn't matter what church you go to, there is an element of inspiration and celebration, and that is 90% of what goes on in that service. But where we're weak, where the church of Jesus Christ is weak, is in mindfulness and meditation. So we are really, really good at inspiration and celebration. We are weak at mindfulness and meditation. Thus, will lead to spiritual and emotional devastation. We cannot continue on the path we're on right now of just trying to sing ourselves happy and living like hell for six days of the week. We can't keep living that way. And I don't even believe that's what Jesus taught anyway. Jesus never one time in his life ran a church service. Never. He never one time held a revival on purpose. He walked into a moment and dealt with people's needs in the moment. But most of us spend our distracted lives trying to get to the next best thing, we don't even think about the moment that we're in right now. We talked about last week that in the past is where depression lives, in the future is where anxiety lives, and in the present is where peace lives. Because you can still have a hope for heaven and be at peace with your eternity, but still feel like hell now. Anybody been there? Like you know, you're going to heaven, and you believe in Jesus, and you love God, and you're like, I love everything about the Bible, I love Jesus, and all that. Then why do I feel like I'm dying right now? By speaking to anybody. So I thought I'd come back and from sabbatical and have some thoughts about this. This is really just so, some thoughts of that I got while I was gone, and and this is my second week back since I've been gone, and I and I. Haven't, this stuff hasn't left my mind yet. Been ruminating on this in a good way. Ta- today we're gonna have a message entitled Breathe. Everybody say breathe. Breathe. We're talking about mindfulness today. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is a hot topic today. If you Google the word mindfulness, you're going to come up with copious amounts of pages about this topic There's a lot of questions about it though, there's a lot of thoughts, there's a lot of opinions, and for some of us there might be some concern, so I'm going to help with that today. Most of what you'll find about mindfulness is from a Buddhist background. Most of what you'll find is totally secular because the church of Jesus Christ has left this important part of faith up to everyone else. And I'm gonna make the argument that mindfulness was God's idea and has been practiced by Christians since the first century. Christian history for the past 2,000 years provides many examples of believers who developed and practiced this lifestyle of mindfulness or holy noticing. One expert writes, mindfulness was not just a practice of Jesus recovered today, but has been a practice of the church through the centuries though often neglected and repressed. Although the term contemplation was sometimes the word of choice for this type of Christian spirituality, it was defined as the action of beholding or looking at your faith with attention and forethought. Significant components of the art of holy noticing are stopping, contemplating, meditating, thinking, but how many of us, our lives, there's no stopping, there's no thinking, there's no meditating, there's just clapping, yelling, soccer games, hurry up. There's no time to notice anything. Our lives are so busy in, in, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Only in the Western world do we prize busyness over peace. And we've got to do something about that as the church because we just can't clap everybody into heaven. We've got to do something about it. We've got to get to the core of where people are in the moment. And right now, what you and I have just walked through for the last two years has been the great revealer. And a lot of people want to blame the pandemic or whatever on how they're currently behaving now, but that's not true. COVID just revealed what was already there. So if your faith is in the doldrums now, it was already headed there before. And I think you and I have got to come to grips with the fact that we were locked up and locked away with all of our demons and by the number one demon is this tiny rectangle in your pocket. We were locked away with all of these things for years, totally everything out of our control. And now we're tiptoeing back into life and now our lives are mismanaged, out of whack, mindless, not mindful. You would think that with all that extra time, we would have learned how to meditate. But we didn't. What'd we do? We started home improvement projects. Man, I built some cool stuff the last two years. I'm just telling you. We got busy. We had to fill our time. We got to learn something different. Look at these guys. There's hundreds of committed Christians from early Christian history that practiced the art of holy noticing. A few stand out, though. Look at Oregon of Alexander. He was a third-century early church scholar who wrote, that the most important factor to understanding Christian life was attention and stillness. He wrote the most important thing about understanding Christianity was stillness and attention. That blows my mind. Look at St. Augustine. He wrote... That's scattered throughout his, his writings. This is what he, he said. He emphasized his insights that we have got to be aware of our thoughts in order to find Jesus in our lives. Look at what John Calvin wrote. He was one of the most influential theologians in Christian history. He began his famous theological institute by writing about self-awareness, you know you know anybody who needs some more self-awareness <laughs> this is an essential component in his words an essential component of holy noticing with self-awareness being aware of your thoughts and here's the big part being aware of the emotional connection to your faith john wesley wrote incredible things about contemplation meditation He founded the Methodist Church and he promoted what he called watchfulness. It was a spiritual posture to help believers be alert to all the God things. He practiced and taught a way of life to prayerfully attend to the working of God in every moment of your life. See, our faith is packed full of important truth. It's packed full of important things. It's chocked full of great inspiration and celebration and there are things to celebrate, there are things that we need to inspire ourselves toward, but some of the most important things we have neglected. In our fast-paced, fast-food-laden, fluorescent, light-bathed culture, we simply don't practice being mindful to the point to where we're mindless now as a society, We wait on other people to tell us what is true. We wait on cable news channels to tell us what to think. We wait on people to tell us where to go. We're waiting on someone to tell us what is real. We ask Google everything. We're mindless people. When's the last time you really thought through a problem? When's the last time you set in the the discomfort of that situation in your life and allowed yourself to feel all the feelings, good, bad, and ugly, and gave it to God and let yourself go through that process? I know for me, the answer was, I don't know. Ever since 2007, when the first iPhone came out, I gave up my brain. You and I have a lot of work to do. It's totally doable, totally possible, but we've gotta learn the art of holy noticing. My conviction is to bring you this series to help develop us into people who aren't blown around by cable news and news feeds. As followers of Jesus, we will either become mindful or mindless. There's no middle. And I wanna help you become mindful people who connect with God in every daily moment of life, even if it's not a a feel-good one. And some of you might be new to Christianity, or you're not a Christian yet, and you're you're like, well, surely a good God wouldn't let me feel that way. I know Oprah said that, but she's wrong. It's not biblical, it's not true. Jesus never promised that we'd feel good all the time, but he did promise perfect peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the problem. But a lot of times you and I are going to other things to try to grab peace, but it's all fake. Holy noticing, by definition, for our purposes in this series, is noticing with a holy purpose God and his handiwork, noticing our relationships, and noticing the inner world of our thoughts and feelings. And Jesus was the prototype for what it means to be a holy noticer. Now, holy noticing, let me just be very clear has incredible benefits like reduced anxiety, reduced depression, reduced frustrations. Does that sound good to anybody? But the idea of holy noticing is not just to make your life suck less. The idea of holy noticing is so you become more like Jesus. So I'm not up here trying to give you a bunch of self-help stuff to make you feel better in the problems you've created. I'm here to help you become more like Christ, thus transforming all of our problems into actual miracles later. We've got to bring God into this. And that's where Christian mindfulness, and when you Google mindfulness, that's where we differ. Because Eastern religions are just trying to get you to nirvana, just a a place of feel good, total enlightenment. Christianity is asking that you die to self so you become more like Jesus. Jesus but mindfulness needs to be taken back by the one who created it. We are the ones who will take it back. We're going to learn how to be fully present in the moments we're in and be fully present with the people we're with. Mindfulness for the believer is loving God more, loving others more, and being fully present in his work in our lives. So yes, personal peace is an effect of holy noticing, but it's not the ultimate goal. We're after what Christ is after. So let's learn a little bit about mindfulness today. Let's start off this way. Put your hand over your heart, close your eyes. Since this sermon is titled Breathe, everybody take a deep breath in, (laughs) let it out. Lord, would you do something in our hearts and minds today? Would we slow down our minds? Let us forget about what we gotta do today after church or what's coming up in the week and all the anxiety of the week before us and all the extra baggage from the week we just left behind. God, will we just sit in this moment? In Jesus' name, amen. The English word spiritual comes from the Latin word spiritualis, which means of breathing. Literally, your spirituality is connected to the very thing that keeps you alive. Fundamentally, holy noticing is a spiritual practice which brings us to the place to allow something to take place. A lot of us are asking God to do something, do something, do something. Have you ever prayed this prayer? God, if you just do this, I'll never do anything wrong again. I'll serve you for the rest of my life if you just let the cowboys win and whatever your prayer was some reason, God has chosen not to answer that prayer a lot, but whatever your prayer was, God, if you just, then I'll just, but that's, that's, that's a very, that's low-hanging fruit kind of Christianity. That's just, that's the kind of Christianity that's like, I just don't want my life to be this hard. We're going after something deeper, though. I believe that it is totally possible that in the middle of that mess that you can feel perfect peace even though none of your circumstances change. In the same way sailors can't produce wind for the boat, they just simply harness the power of the wind. We're going to learn to do the same by developing skills of holy noticing to help harness that breath, to help harness that spirit. The word breath, the word spirit, is the Hebrew word ruach. It it's literally means breath. So, if we were going to be very literal with our translation of the Bible in English, it would be Father, Son, Holy Breath. But that sounds creepy. So, we say Holy Spirit. Or if you were raised like I was, Holy Ghost. Just depends. But it literally means Holy Breath. The model I'm about to highlight for you is based out of Luke 2.52, look on the screen. Jesus grew in wisdom, everyone say wisdom. Wisdom. Say stature. Stature. And say favor. Now he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. If you're taking notes, wisdom relates to our thinking and emotions. A lot of us, the Bible talks about in Proverbs a lot, "Get get get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. Get wisdom, get understanding. That helps with perspective, which changes everything, right? Stature relates to our physical bodies. A lot of us want to get emotional and mental health, but we treat our bodies like trash cans. And in favor with God relates to our spiritual selves and our soul. And then in favor with man points to our relationships with other people. Neuroscientists have discovered similar areas that a lifestyle of mindfulness affects, They call it your body state, which is your activity level, your cognitive state, your thoughts, the emotional state, your feelings, and your relationship state, how you relate to yourself and others. Sounds like someone read the Bible. So science is always behind God. Have you noticed that? You can't, you'll never know that when you watch the news. Or even in even in Texas, in our children's textbooks, what they're learning about science is just theory, it's not even truth. But it's paraded as truth. We have got to guard ourselves and be very careful. Science is always figuring out what God already wrote about. And, they, and I just proved it to you. A lifestyle of holy noticing, I promise you this, scientifically proven, what God has already said was true Holy noticing will actually alter your brain's pathways. It'll alter those highways that you've been traveling on. Has anyone driven down 281 lately and seen all the new exits and new flyovers and they just added a new exit on 35? And when I'm driving home and I get into Cibolo, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's the new exit. And there I go. But then even just yesterday, I was driving into Shirts and Cibolo and then I just went to the old exit. And I looked up and I was next to the movie theater. I was like, how did I get here? Anybody ever done that? How freaky is that? You can drive your car 20 minutes and don't even remember the drive. We get there, we're on autopilot. Our brains get on autopilot and we drive into those well-worn exits and ditches we've been driving in for decades. We've gotta learn to take a new exit. It is possible, totally possible. Even people who don't believe in Jesus have said that it's possible. A practical way to learn about being a mindful person and learn a mindful lifestyle is to breathe. Everybody say, breathe. Now, holy noticing with a God focused purpose means noticing your breath, noticing how to breathe. Let me give you the acronym here B stands for body body, being aware of the state of your physical body and any sensations that you're feeling. Being aware of what's going on with your body. The number one way to tell how you're feeling is not trying to think about your feelings, it's letting your body tell you what's up. And a lot of us, we're just popping into acids all the time instead of figuring out why we got bubble guts. Let's let God tell us what's up. He created your body as the number one barometer for what's going on internally. But we don't slow down enough to figure out where the pain is or where the feelings are. So we're gonna look at the body and we're gonna talk about relationships as are, relationships, assessing the health of your relationships. And this is why small groups are so important if you're not in a small group, go to the roster online, pick one to visit this week. You'll have a blast, I promise. Find a small group. And if you're not connected with the church body yet, and I know a lot of you are new that you've joined in the last eight weeks that I've been gone. I, I, I don't know a lot of you. You need to be in growth track with Kelly and I next Sunday night. Come to Growth Track, hang out with us, we'll feed you, we'll take care of your kiddos. Let's talk more. Let's get into deeper relationship. This is your personal invitation from Kelly and I to you to come to Growth Track next Sunday night. Please register so I can have enough food for you. Number E, or letter E, number E. Letter E <laughs> is environment. This is taking notice of your current surroundings, including sights, sounds, smells, and God's creation. This one's been huge for me. When I get in certain environments, I can tell when I get antsy. In other environments, I can tell when I'm chill. We had the kids at the Comal County Fair yesterday. That is not a chill environment. That is an antsy environment. And and, and people are getting off rides and like we were in line for another ride and I turn around and and this lady's just, she got off the Gravitron. Y'all know the one that goes in circles for no reason? Except to try to make you puke. And she did. In front of everybody, just heaving it out. And then she just moved the gravel over it and moved on with her life. <laughs> Wear closed-toed shoes to New Braunfels when you go to the Comal County Fair. Environment. What makes you antsy? What makes you feel connected? What makes you feel at peace? you got to know. A, you got to learn about the affect. Not affect, it's affect or the afflictive emotions. Affect is, by definition, the conscious emotion that occurs in reaction to a thought or an experience, the affect. So what are these afflictive emotions? It's it's really just acknowledging how you're currently feeling, non-judgmentally, just noticing. I feel sad. And then here's where you and I go off into the ditch. But I shouldn't feel sad. And then we start spiritually bypassing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what that verse is for, but that's what we make it for. We misquote scripture out of context and then we wonder why our lives aren't changing. We've we've got more going on in our body than we understand. We've got to look at these afflictive emotions, the things that are really detrimental to our faith. And then there's thoughts, T is thoughts, being conscious of those current thoughts, H is heart, paying attention to the state of your spiritual life and the Holy Spirit's whisperings or impressions on your heart. What's going on there? What do you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to you? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the counselor, the teacher. He's the one that is here to help lead us and guide us into all truth. And so that is what we need to think and focus on. What is he trying to teach me right now? Instead of praying, God, get me out of this hell, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in the hell? Because I don't wanna take that test again. I'd rather pass it the first time, right? So let's learn how to slow down, be mindful, and let God teach us. And then H is engage engaging the world like Christ would, practicing holy noticing in the mundane, the everyday, the ordinary. We're going to learn over the next couple of weeks how to do this. Today, we're just setting the foundation for making holy noticing a part of our everyday life. We're gonna learn how to just kinda do a scan, you know, like a a copy machine just kinda scans up and down the page. We're just gonna learn how to do that kinda stuff to figure out what is God doing right now? What is he saying right now? And I believe that this will become part of your devotional time. This will become part of your everyday moments with God. And as you can imagine, the acronym BREATHE has a lot to do with a focus on our breathing. So let's talk about that for a second. If you and I are fortunate enough to live into our 70s, we will have taken almost one billion breaths. One billion breaths. Our breathing affects our central nervous system and our emotions more than anything else. Look at what Dr. Alex Korb says. Breathing affects the brain through signals carried by the vagus nerve, the polyvagal nerve. Not only does the vagus nerve sends signals down to the heart. It's basically the big connection between your brain and your gut. Not only does it send signals down to the heart, it also carries signals up to the brain. It's in constant communication. Vagus nerve signaling is important in activating the circuits for resting and relaxation known as the parasympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is the opposite of the sympathetic nervous system which controls the fight-or-flight response. Slow breathing increases activity in the vagus nerve and pushes the brain toward parasympathetic activity. So slow down and deep breathing calms you down. The synovial fluid that runs between your brain and your gut, you and I control what signals we're sending to our own brain. But what happens when you and I get into a stressful place, we do more stressful things. Some of you like to, when you get stressed out, you're like, I, I, just, I, I just need to go to the movies. I just need to binge on TV. I just, you know, what, like you're, you're finding all these methods of entertainment to try to calm yourself down, but none of that physiologically has any ability to calm you down. It just pushes it away, and then your brain will bring it back to be dealt with again. So imagine that there's this file cabinet of unresolved junk, and it's got your name on it. Like, just your name written on duct tape slapped on this old file cabinet in your brain somewhere. And everything that you have not dealt with in your heart, mind, emotion, soul, all of that, everything that you've just said, ah, manana, gets put in that file cabinet. And then we're like, poof, good turn off the light to that part of our brain. Now let's go back over here and pretend to be happy and inspire and celebrate. Then something else happens again. It's like, okay, put that in there. Don't let anybody see that. And then we're back over here at work and we're pretending and we're smiling. Our brains do this sometimes to help us survive, but that doesn't mean that those problems go away doesn't mean that those old thought patterns go away. They've still got to be dealt with. And a lot of times, you and I, I promise you, you have everything within you given to you by God and his creating of your body and the Holy Spirit's work within you to sit with a problem and breathe in the middle of thinking about it and allow yourself to process it. You already have that available to you right now. It's not a magic trick. You don't need the laying on the hands of elders. You don't need any of that. Just do what your body's designed to do and allow the Holy Spirit to do it. But we're not taught that in Christianity. We're not taught that in Sunday school. You know what I learned in Sunday school? That Methuselah was 900 something years old. I learned that the ark was made out of gopher wood. I learned how to play pin the tail on the donkey on Palm Sunday. Learned a lot of great things, but you know what I did not learn? How to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me in the middle of pain. So you and I are filled full of trivia, but we are not filled with the knowledge of how God created us and how to get through the mess of life and how to make the most of it. Even some of us, we start serving in the church thinking that that's going to fix all of my problems. If I just... If I just go to growth track and get in a small group and get on a team and and start serving, then everything bad that I've done, if I do more good things and then the bad things are even just a couple of notches below, then God will say you had more good than bad and we live our lives on this judicial weight scale. That's not Christianity, is it? That's every other religion in the world, but that's not Christianity, Christianity is not built that way. It's not not even biblical. The Bible says that when you come to Jesus and receive him as your Lord and Savior and you confess him as Lord, everything you've done that is counter to God, he forgets. And then he, he, he literally wipes you brand new. Aren't you glad for that? Somebody should say amen to that. brand new and I'm so glad for that but if if you're like me I I've known that truth and I've still let my life hide things and lived like hell when I wanted to be feeling heaven something as simple as breathing can connect you to God Landon, like, give us some big revelation. You were gone for a long time. You need to learn how to breathe. You need to learn how to slow down. We are the generation of side hustles. But if you and I met somebody who was like, I'm really at peace, I've got a great job. When problems come my way, I I submit them to God. I think through it and I allow the Lord to minister to me and we'd be like, you're a freak. (laughs) You would immediately think, liar. You You would immediately believe they're not telling you the truth. When's the last time you met someone that could say that? When's the last time you have felt at peace? Personally, even right now, some of your brains are wandering off to other places of your credit card debt and student loans and that truck you bought that you shouldn't have bought with a $798 car payment. And you're thinking about all of these other things that are freaking you out. You're like, how can I be at peace with the world on my back? We can sell a truck, but I don't want. There's lots of things we can do, guys, practically to get things in order. You can't just breathe your way through student loans. Sally Mae doesn't care about your breath. There are things we have to do to get out of the hole we've made, but we can do it with God on our side, not feeling like God's working against us. You gotta learn how to breathe. Most of us take shallow thoracic breaths through our mouths. I started running, funny right? I usually only run from bears or to food, you know? So it's like, I've never had to run from a bear, so I usually just run to food. So this is new for me. And I'm sitting there like at my house, and I'm like, (sighs) (sighs) like, that's not calming me down. That's stressing me out. I remember I I saw a kid do this yesterday. He, He got hit in the gut with a soccer ball. We had two soccer games yesterday in Spring Branch and Shirts. We were all over the place, and this kid got slammed in the stomach. It, it knocked the wind out of him, and he was crying and he couldn't. You know, remember? You don't know how that feels, right? And you're like, ah, 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 ah. and the coach raised his arms and he was like, ah, 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 ah. and then the coach was telling him like, you could tell mom wanted to run out there, and, but then the coach like was holding up his arms and he did this to mom, and I was like, ooh. That's a good coach though. Mom, stay on the sideline. Stay on the sideline. Let the coach be the coach. The kid was raising his arms and then the coach was talking to him and the coach was saying, breathe as deep as you can. Breathe as deep as you can. And in the middle of that pain, that kid started to take deep breaths and then guess what he did? He started to smile. That might be a ridiculous example to you. You might think that's stupid, but I think it is indicative of exactly what you and I do every day of our emotional and spiritual lives. We get the wind knocked out of us, but we don't sit and breathe through it, and then we blame God for it later. God, I've done all of these things for you. I did everything Landon and Kelly said to do. I got on the dream team, I wear the t shirt, I set up flags, I drive trailers, I hold other people's babies, and I don't even like babies. All of our nursery workers love babies. (laughs) I could not work in kids' ministry. Other people can I did all of these things, but my life's still blank. We're doing, doing, doing when we are called to be human beings. You got to stop and breathe for a minute. Be a human being. Breathe. Most of us don't know that the real benefits of breathing are sitting back straight, both feet on the floor, not crossed. We need bilateral stimulation here. So you can't just like sit like this and expect things to calm down. Okay, so you sit, both feet on the floor, hands on your lap. You breathe through your nose. Remember the box breath I taught you last week? Breathe in for four, hold it for four, out for four, sit in the emptiness for four. And you do that until the polyvagal nerve tells your brain that you're not being eaten by a bear. Because your brain doesn't know the difference between you opening the student loan bill or being eaten by a bear. Your brain doesn't know the difference. So you are activating your brain activating your brain, and so we're just like, no, I don't wanna go through that, so I'm just gonna hide it all. Truly the best way to naturally calm ourselves and reconnect with God in the moment is through our breath. And I wanna make the argument that if you begin to incorporate breathing into your devotional time, you'll begin to see a major change in your emotions and your connectedness with God. How many of us have been tried to do this devotional before We we get out our phone, we go to the YouVersion Bible app, And then we have to hit the catch me up button because you've missed 14 days. (laughs) You've all done it. Everybody's done it. And you start over. So you automatically begin your day feeling like a failure. And then you sit there and you read through a devotional and you're like, well, that was good. Okay, I'm ready for the day. I'm not knocking you, version or Bible apps or whatever, but I can tell you this if my phone is near me during devotional time, I'm gonna buy something on Amazon. <laughs> it's gotta be in another room. Off. You and I have allowed the devil into our homes at such a level that is, it is degrading your emotional state, it's degrading the relationship you have with the people that matter most to you. And it has taken that closeness that you used to feel to God. And if you don't believe me, then just take a couple of minutes this week and think about the last time you felt connected to God. Why don't you just do that right now? Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to think about the last time you really felt connected to God. When was the last time you really felt like In the moment, God was there with you. You know, it's those kind of moments where the hair stands up on your arms. It's those kind of moments where you feel God sitting right next to you or sitting right across from you. It's those kind of moments that you never want them to end. Just think about that for a second. Now I want you to notice your breath. Are you even breathing or are you holding your breath? Are you taking shallow thoracic breaths that are raising your chest or are you taking deep breaths through your nose that are expanding your abdomen? They're diaphragmatic breaths. One calms you, one puts you into stress response. So just think about that for, for the next, let's do 15 seconds the last time you felt connected to God, just breathe through that for a second. Everybody look up at me. You are the same child of God that felt that way before. He is the same God that sat next to you in that moment you thought of, and you can get back to that place. Yes, there's a lot of stuff that has caused this division between you and God, and the devil has wanted you to believe for a long time that you are not good enough for, to feel that way again. Maybe he's allowed you to believe that you've done too many wrong things for God to want to be in the same room with you. Can I tell you what the Bible says? This giant book of 66 books of love letters to you, that when you're in the middle of pain, your father runs farther to you, faster to you. He gets closer to you. He doesn't look at you and go, what's wrong with you? Yesterday on that soccer field, the coach didn't go, if you hadn't been standing there, you wouldn't have been hitting the gut with a ball. Get back out on the field. Get back out in the parking lot. Get back out there and hold babies. Get back out there and serve on the worship team. And don't whine about it and quit crying about it or I'll give you something to cry about. Does that sound like you're God to you? Because that's not God. That's not God, that's never been God, and that will never be God. But if you and I live in this constant state of stress and anxiety and shame, all we can think about is I should have done better, I should have done better, I need to do better, I need to do better. And then we wonder why we run out of gas and get broke down physically, emotionally, spiritually. You can get back to that place with God that you just thought about. You can get there, might not be today, but I believe that you can connect to God even now. I'm not trying to get you to go. You might be thinking, okay, I need to get back to youth camp. No, you don't. We're talking about the same God. How do I connect to that same God? The best way you can connect to that same God, and I'm gonna teach you about this more next week when we talk about the body stuff. When you breathe in, you say a prayer, like a quick one. Like, Lord Jesus, heal me. You hold it. When you release it, you say another one. And you do that until your brain starts to believe what your spirit already knows is true. Because the only part of you that can connect with God in a true way is a spirit connection. And when our spirit connects with God, our body and our will and our emotions will submit to that connection. Talk about more of that next week. Go ahead and close your eyes again. I want you to think about this. For many of us, our lives have been defined by status, comparison, stress, hurry. What if we began to see our lives defined by understanding, wisdom, peace, and purpose? I believe for many of us that we've drank the Kool-Aid of culture that tells us what to think and what to believe. But let's come to the only place that truth lives and that's in Christ. The foundation of our newly redefined lives can only be found in an authentic relationship with the one who created you. So, we're going to pray a prayer together. Everybody, take another deep breath in through your nose, not your mouth. Now, breathe out your mouth like you're breathing through a straw. Do it one more time breathe in, now, breathe out your mouth. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, Prince of Peace, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Would you come and be my Savior? Come and be my Lord. I now submit my life to you. Help me, Lord, to find peace in the present, knowing that there's peace for my future. And heal me from my past. Your word tells me that when I receive you, I become a brand new creation. So I declare it boldly that I am brand new and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Purpose Church Podcast. If God uses message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory at thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.